1: That's how we do it. Nice job, Eddie Scazzeri. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Boomer Esaias and Craig Carton on a fan. And, of course, worldwide on CBS Sports we've Got a great show for you today. Good guy. Listen, listen, listen. The Mets won a series against the Chicago Cubs. That's the good news. The bad news? Because it seems like with the Mets, there's always going to be something bad that goes along with the good. Matt Harvey can't get through four and now has the sensation of having a fatigued and dead arm. That ain't good. MRI today, I believe. The Yankees can't take uh, the series against the Angels. Had ample opportunity to do it, and they lose another one. Good morning, Boomer. How are you today, buddy? Yeah, boy? I'm doing
0: pretty good, especially after what happened with the uh, the New York Mets last night in terms of coming back and winning a game. Yeah, it's a big win. That they got off to a horrendous start with. And, of course, Matt Harvey's now got problems. As you said, he's going to go visit the doctor today. Don't be surprised to see him on the, the DL for I an extended you period can of time. I guarantee it. And uh, there goes the six-man rotation. Uh, Neil Walker pulls a hamstring, running yep. down to first base. And they're not going to bring up Ahmed Rosario. I wish they would. Um, so- sooner or later, that kid's going to be up here. I, I just would like idea. to see him. I don't get the like ring like
1: 350 at AAA. It's past that dopey deadline. Uh, the, the kid they're bringing up has been up here a couple times, but why wouldn't He's an infielder. Bring up the infielder you got that people are excited to see. Well, maybe maybe it.
0: they will in a few weeks. I'm not sure, but they start a huge series against the Washington Nationals. Four games. Uh, I don't know how this is going to go uh, with the Mets coming in, limping in. You got Cespedes got his problem. You got Walker's got his problem. He goes down. Looks like he is shot in the leg. He that goes down. I,
1: that i of experienced. I know that.
0: Yeah, I know you know that. And then, I, it
1: happened against the Hebrew Home. Same thing. I get it. He's on the DL for sure. Just lock look, if, it up. If,
0: if, I don't want to, you know, get crazy. And I, the Mets can't lose four games to the Nationals. That's for sure. The nope. worst, the worst they can do right now is split with them. I would agree because that's the worst they can do. Yeah, uh, I, you know, to be to be quite frank, I'd love to, <laughs> for them to sweep, but that's not going to happen. We know that. Uh, if they could take three out of 4 they did, which I we'll
1: say this: when they were at their at the time, we thought their lowest of lows. And they were going into that series against the Nationals where they were facing the prospect of being swept right against and Scherzer. And well. they did well,
0: yeah. And they actually uh, did a good job. Here's, so. the, here's the thing now. You got your closer out. Your number one starter's out. Your number three starter's out. Your uh, middle infield is out. Both of them. Oh, holy God. I mean, it's like it's ridiculous. It's like a walking mash unit. Right. And the hits just keep on coming. Um I don't know. They got. They got to split the. They got to split this series now. Tonight you got. Uh, who do you got? You got Gio Gonzalez against uh, Gizelman.
1: Robert Gazelman, So that's a. That, that's a, you have to steal it if you are going to win that one tonight. But they've, listen, they're playing better ball. They beat the Cubs and this team is just. I've never seen. It. I mean, I thought last year was bad with some of the injuries, but you know for well Walker's going on the DL. You know for well as I do that Matt Harvey's going to go on the DL. Right. Um, and the Mets are a bit of a mash unit. And now they're a bit facing, of a mesh unit. And now they're facing a team where, you know, worst possible time, you're not healthy. They are. And what are you going to do? And you're right. You'd be blessed to take a two-game 2-2 split here. Blessed. The reality is that you start with maybe the worst of all your starting pitchers or at least, well, he's pitched know, all right consistent lately. of your starting pitchers, Oh, I he's suppose. pitched all right. Lately. I don't and know Gonzalez cleaned, is 5-1, I, you know? I don't know if
0: he's cleaned his room up at all. I don't know if he's taking a shower at all. As we remember, you know uh, Noah Syndergaard told us about his uh, his habits around uh, around the apartment as they yes. run together. Yes, now but... there's
1: other things cooking here today. Boom. Well, I, I would just say this: Go big,
0: you got a big problem. You got you got a big problem with the Yankees now.
1: Uh, Two game problem. losing
0: streak. Can't come up with a big hit at <laughs> the big spot. I don't they know had if you it saw. I, lead early I know you too, and I you it. and I got done doing what we were doing yesterday at nine o'clock last night. So yep. I, I mean, you know, catching five innings of that game last night was not all that difficult, uh, but. <laughs> I mean, it's just, uh, it's, you know, the, this is the Angels. This is a 500-baseball uh, team, and unfortunately for them, uh, now they're starting to deal with some issues. It looks like CC Sabathia is going to go on. It looks like he's out, out for maybe while.
1: four weeks, they're saying, uh, yesterday. hamstrings, man. With the hamstring and, you know, listen, it's, uh, that the hamstring's like the Achilles, right? Uh, every every team gets them. I don't know why these players get them, you know, especially this time of year. It's been beautiful out. Weather-wise, you think you wouldn't cramp up, et cetera. Whatever Neil Walker gets it, Sabathia gets it. Sabathia's been terrific this year. And you told me there was something else, a shoulder, an elbow, an arm, uh, his knees, which have been bad, maybe. But the hamstring, that's a huge loss for them, for the Yanks, because he's 7-2, and two, his era is 3.5, and, and he's been consistently great. Then you have last night, you know, again, I know a lot of you probably didn't step to see it. They get an early 4 nothing lead, and you got Pineda pitching. You're thinking, all right, lock it up, we're good to go. And not good to go. Ample opportunity uh, to score a bunch more runs throughout the game. And they lose again 7-5. to five, uh, So the Angels take the series there. Meanwhile, while the Yankees try to figure things out on the road, and the Mets are obviously a mass unit against the Nationals coming up for the next four. Major, major sports news. Major news. Uh, Mayweather McGregor, we told you yesterday, was on like Donkey Kong. It's on. August 26th, the only thing that's not decided is if it's the T Mobile Center or if it's going to be MGM Grand. Showtime has it for pay per view. Right. And it will be a record setting. Uh, Pay per view event. It's
0: got to be. I, it's got to be. be it's got to be a T Mobile Center, right? Don't they want to get twenty thousand? people? It's not a
1: hundred percent done. How it's, many people? I, we went to that MGM Grand thing.
0: How many people does that hold?
1: Uh, MGM Grand. I mean, I'd have to check. Is that ten and, grand? Maybe 12,000 12, people. That was the one that we were That's at. That's right? where we are. We are at the MGM Grand, right? Mayweather typically dictates where he fights, mm. and he likes to fight at MGM Grand. Now there's a, a a deal. Drum Jim Graham holds seventeen thousand. Alice telling me for boxing was it seventeen? All right. Wow. Um, so obviously you get more in the T-Mobile Center, uh, but that's not done yet. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a prohibitive favorite. Mayweather is as expected, um, but it's it's a fight that makes no sense at all. And yet it's a fight that makes all the sense in the world because you're talking about Mayweather uh, looking to break the record. You have McGregor who's a big mouth, great MMA fighter. Who's now going to try to box against a guy who hasn't, who's been retired, quote unquote? But when active, is the best boxer right, in the sport. All right, so this
0: is going to be under boxing rules,
1: 100% yep. boxing. Yeah, it's a only. major
0: deal, really. Is I mean, obviously, Floyd Mayweather can't get into a, uh, you know, no. a kickboxing. And event he's going to have to. Right. He's
1: going to box because the one thing McGregor's going to do, he's going to come. He's going to be aggressive. That's what MMA fighters he's, do. He's going to walk gonna right into, into one. one. You
0: think McGregor walks right into one? Uh, there's
1: a better chance of that happening than the opposite happening. But he, he, in his MMA career, he's shown an All ability right. to knock guys out with a punch. Could you imagine?
0: Could you imagine? Yeah. Let's just say, how, is this going to be a, how many uh, rounds is this uh, I believe be? it's
1: a 10-round fight.
0: A 10-round fight, yeah. which is norm- would normally be a 12-round fight? Be 10, be 10. All right, so a 10-round fight. Yep. Could you imagine this goes, let's say, nine rounds, and McGregor somehow, some way, pops Mayweather and knocks him out?
1: Uh, it changes
0: everything. Then all of a sudden, it becomes. It's uh, then uh, this, is, this is a risk. So it looks uh, it, like he's going to work. Mayweather is going to earn hundred and seventy-five million dollars well, for this that's, fight.
1: That's based on what they think the projected pay per view is going to be. Okay, they think it'll break every pay per view record in the history of sports pay per view. It probably will. Uh, the promotion machine now starts in earnest. Um, it's already started where you know, Mayweather and his dad don't get along. So McGregor's already done stuff with Mayweather's dad. Let me just tell you something. You know, uh, and you it's know who it's else, out of control.
0: You know who uh, should get a lot of dough out of this, and he will because he's really the impetus for this. Would be McGregor. He's well, the guy McGregor's that McGregor's going to make hundred million dollars. Yeah, but I'm just saying he's the guy that yeah. basically has been spouting off over the last yeah. few years. He's the one that's gotten this whole thing to this point. Yep. And the good news for me
1: and you is we have options now. Yeah. We can go to Vegas. And see the fight, or we can uh, since the governor offered me the uh, the mansion in uh, Drumthwacket, which apparently has become a big story now. There's actually online polls. And on these New Jersey websites, should the governor give Craig Carton and Boomer Esiason the mansion to have a party to watch the McGregor Mayweather fight? Can I stop at with the che- thousands of respondents already? Can
0: I stop at the cheesequake uh, service area? It's before nowhere I get to near
1: it, so d- no. Drum thack
0: it, what thwack it, it. drum wow. thwack it. I mean,
1: you guys are what we're are having an invitation over there. We're having an invitation-only party at Drum thwacket. Yeah, I don't know. We are. It's uh, I'd rather do that than go to Vegas. I by mean, though, go right.
0: to Jersey in yeah. August. Come on. Have dude. you
1: seen the mansion? Yeah, I've seen the match, I've seen pictures yeah. of it, it's pretty me, sweet. me, you, and 75 of our closest, you know, friends, Hello. With, with music and fights and hors d'oeuvres. Are you going to be uh, spinning for us? Uh, well, there's an issue about, i got to get some neighborhood folks to agree to have outside music, but I'll be DJing for oh, sure. There's no way the neighborhood Trust folks me. are going to allow that they're all going to be invited. We're going to shut down the road. Shut it down. Anyway, Mag- that's the governor. See, that's what I'm talking about, the governor. That that sounds like somebody I want to party with. That sounds like a guy that is ready to get out of office and be in the radio talk shows. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like. Uh, Yes. Now, so Mayweather-McGregor's on, and if you have an interest in that, we'd love to talk about that, because it it will become the biggest spectacle of the year, and although, what is it, August 26th, a week after our big party uh, at uh, Borgata, it is the event now of the year uh, pre-football. There's something else going on, and... Uh, it's a, it's it's one of those things where I want to talk about it, so I'm going to talk about it. Uh, and at the same time, there's a, it's it, yeah you, you ever have an argument, it could be with a wife, or a loved one, a buddy, or whatever it is, a teammate, and you know how the argument's going to go. You're not going to change your opinion. He or she's not going to change their opinion. But you can't help yourself, so you have the argument. When you're done having the argument, you go you know, your separate ways, and... It is what it is. No one's changed your uh, opinion on anything that you argued about, right? Right. Is that so? We've been in that place before. I, I think most people have been we've there. We've all yeah. seen that before. Oh yeah. Now, for some reason, this is a story that goes all the way back to 2011, and it, it's rearing its head now, and for, for really for no reason. But it, I think it's a, a, an important topic to get into. Okay. And one that I find very interesting. Now. Back in two thousand and eleven. All right. Yes. On an episode of Real Sports with Brian Gumble. All right. Well, my friend Frank DeFord worked.
0: Yes, yes, he did. Yes, and I've been uh, on that show. a good show, highly rated show and a highly uh, I would say a show that's won a lot of awards.
1: Yeah, no, it's been it, listen, I'd say you want Brian Gumble, that show's been great. Yeah, and sure. it had a long, long, long run on HBO. So back in two thousand and eleven on Real Sports with Brian Gumble. Brian Gumble, this is a, during a, an NBA lockout, said the lockout could be avoided um, and could have uh, gone a different direction, but the reason there was a lockout was because uh, was the, the lockout ended in spite of David Stern, not because of him. All right? Okay? And then he went on to call David Stern, this is going back to 2011, a plantation overseer, all right? And that was a big deal back then in 2011. I don't know if you remember talking about it, but it was a big deal. That has now come full circle, because David Stern, who left the NBA in 2014, um, still remembers those words and is still offended by it. And it came up again in light of the LeBron James situation what with situation? Uh, the alleged graffiti on the uh, oh, the, okay. the fence, and based on where things are now. In regards to the NBA with David Silver. Now this Adam is not, Silver. Adam Silver. This is not a new story by a long shot. Is this a new report or an old report? This is an old report. That's it's coming, a very
0: it's that's coming back to be a new report.
1: It's coming back to be a new report because David Stern brought it back up again that he remembered those words and how offended he was by those words, because as he said, I've done more for people of color than Brian Gumbel's ever done. And it brought for some reason I had a guttural reaction to it. When I saw it, and I remember the story from five years, six years ago, because I'm trying to figure out what the disconnect is between the way I see things and the way a lot of other people see things, white or black, irrelevant to me, who the commentator is. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're an NBA basketball player, and you're gifted with the ability to play NBA basketball, and for that matter, Major League Baseball, NFL football, NHL hockey, or any professional sport in which you do make more money than the average person your age makes in virtually any field they could be in, right? Right. I'm trying to figure out, Outside of life's normal problems, mm-hmm. kids, marriage, you know things of that nature taxes, taxes yeah, yeah. you know traffic, right. or whatever it might be that bothers all of us. what's so how are you being mistreated? I don't know What's the disconnect where you're angry? I don't, I don't know man. And I don't, I don't care if you're white, black, uh, Hispanic, or any well, other I mean, nationality. In this case, but in this case, I can understand
0: why David Stern would have ta- And I remember talking about it. I remember saying, you know, David Stern works for the NBA owners. Roger Goodell works for the NFL owners. Gary Bettman own, uh, works for the, uh, you know, the owners of the NHL. Same thing with Rob Manford and the owners of Major League Baseball. All they are is the mouthpiece for the owners. They're doing what the owners want them to do. And, and and one of the most important aspects of trying to do what the owners want is to control costs, right? Especially long term costs. You know, you want to have some cost certainty when you're in these businesses, especially when you're playing guys like LeBron James thirty five million dollars a year, right? You want, you know, and I, I don't know if there is a guy that David Stern who is, uh, and I remember arguing, not a arguing, but just discussing this. He basically took Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson. And said, you guys are the stars. We're promoting you. We want to give you the opportunity to get our fans back in our building, supporting yep. our product. Because before they got into the league, the league was really declining. Yeah, big time. So he was the one. Now, I remember interviewing him when I had my MSG yep. show, talking about that thought process and and how dangerous that was when you think about it in relation to the owners of NBA basketball and what that was going to do to the overriding cost, the biggest cost, and that was going to be player salaries. Right. But he said, look, man, I, I understood what we had to do. We had to promote our players. And in order to promote our players, I had to put them front and center, essentially in front of their jerseys, you know, without their jerseys on. It was about their personalities. Right. And, you know, David Stern's re- commentary now in this latest interview about it, he's done more for people of color. I would tell you he's just... At the end of the day, he's done nothing but great things for the NBA players. Adam Silver has picked up that torch and moved forward. And I would say that the NBA commissioner
1: should be lauded for everything that they've done for the players yeah, in the NBA. It's, it's, it's just so stupid. But I don't know. It always come, we always go to race for some reason. And, uh, and I, I hate bringing it up, but I'm not, I'm not afraid of the topic. And we, It should be discussed from time to time. And David Stern's right. Brian Gumbel is an idiot Well for I mean, what he said regard, back then. In that regard, And yes. the fact that it's still on his mind uh, all these years later. You know, I always think of this with uh, Howard Cosell. Now listen, I was young, I never met Howard Curcell. Uh, but I Howard Curcell for a lot of kids like me growing up, you know, it was an event of Howard Cosell was doing it. You obviously had met him and you played with him broadcasting yes, your games. Yeah, yeah. And as you've described a Monday night football as a player, Cosell was bigger larger than life. That's right. He was a star, you guys weren't no. when he did a game, right? Yes. And I always I always remember Howard Curcell, you know, when he got in trouble uh, for the way he described Alvin Garrett from the Washington Redskins. Um, and was labeled a racist for what he said. And uh, Alvin Garrett was running down the field, and Howard Kurcell said, look at that little monkey run. And it was uh, the end of the world for Howard Curcell. And despite all the people that came out and said, he describes his grandkids the same way, there's not a racist bone in that guy's body. And everyone all of a sudden forgot Howard Cosell's relationship with Muhammad Ali and his support of Muhammad Ali during that time when no one supported Ali, right? Right. And he lost his job because of it. You know what? It's attack, 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 yeah, attack. And, I'm trying to and that, see, and that and was actually the beginning of it. I almost want to say the beginning of that it. That and but, the Jimmy the Greek. Yep. Uh, drunk in a Washington restaurant. Talked about breeding and this and that nonsense. Uh, and it, it's gotten worse since then. And it, bring, it brought me back to the LeBron stuff. You know, his comments after what we thought was a, a real case of uh, of racism and uh, your know, graffiti being painted across the fence on his driveway, of which is absolutely no proof of ever happening. We don't know if there's any investigation into it. There's no video of it or anything else. And for some reason, reading the David Stern stuff struck a chord with me again. Where you know we have it really good, you and I, sitting here getting paid to talk about sports and the guys we talk about have it really really good you live both lives you've always had it really really good in that regard doesn't mean you don't earn it doesn't mean you ever worked hard for it and everything that comes your way but we have it really good so i'm trying to figure out what's everyone bitching about well i just don't i honestly don't get it like you want to as a fan we're going to bitch today, as we should, about the Yankees losing to the Angels, about Matt Harvey having a dead arm and maybe going on the MRI, about Neil Walker pulling a hamstring, about all the things that are important to us as fans from what takes place on the field of play, right? That's right. And that's our passion. Sports is a public trust. We're pissed at the Ponds. We get pissed at the Rangers or a goaltender for letting up a goal. Or we get pissed at a football team for driving... You know, getting rid of sixty million dollars in salary and not having a quarterback, we get mad at a wide receiver for not being mature enough to be the best he can be, and that's all right. But what are we bitching about on the other side?
0: Well, it's an easy, you know, go-to place to to, to get your whatever's on your on your chest to get to get it off. But I, I'd always say this, you know, the great thing about sports, especially playing in it, uh, and I was on a team that I would probably say it was sixty-five maybe 60% uh, African-American players. Yep. Uh, And I'll never forget Sam, why used to say guys in this room, there's only a couple of colors and those colors are black and orange. You know, we are the Cincinnati Bengals. We are a family. We are a team. doesn't matter where you come from. Doesn't matter if you come from the deep uh, parts of Oklahoma or Texas or long Island or Michigan or Washington or California, we're one team. And what will ultimately determine whether or not you make this team is what you do on the field and whether or not it can help our team. I, I don't have a, you know, he goes. I don't have a set roster. I kind of think I know who's going to be on this team, but you got to earn it out here in, in training camp. Right. No matter where you no, come nothing from, don't is, matter nothing is are. given to you in, in sports. I mean, and I, and I think that most people who play sports, and even even those who play, you know, weekend warrior softball yeah. or, or whatever, are part of a team. Recognize you're out there competing, and you know when you're competing at the highest of levels, like the LeBron Jameses of the world, the Tom Bradys of the world. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you are part of a family. Black, white, Asian, Tongan, whatever it is, you are part of a family. And the players don't see race when they're all dressed. When they're in their uniforms, they're out there. I don't think anybody even thinks that way. Right. It's only the minutiae outside that the players are now being asked to respond to. And ESPN was one of those four, you know, at the forefront of, you know, being politically active. Right. How are the ratings doing?
1: Right. Brutal. Right. I mean, terrible. They're in the toilet. There's not a single show on that network that you know, people really watch in any earnest or look forward to. You know
0: the best part about sports, really, honestly, in the locker room, is that you actually get to know people. You get to know who they are, what they are, where they're from, what their background is, what their situations are. Yep. And, you know, they become your friends and they become your friends for life. And it doesn't really matter what
1: color they are. No, listen, it's uh, I don't know. It just bothered me when I read the David Stern thing again. The fact that he even commented on it when asked and he was interviewed about it. He didn't just out of the blue bring it up. So we got that for you. And uh, listen, the baseball, huge, huge next four days for both the Yankees and for the uh, Mets. The Yankees have Montgomery tonight against Sonny Gray in the Oakland A's. That's, of course, late. And Gio Gonzalez that takes on Zelman for the Mets, who now feel pretty good. Pretty good, although another injury and another injury. But as far as winning ball games, if you're a Mets fan, this if they somehow pulled out this series, This would be the turning point of the season, but we have plenty of time to get into that. So you're a diehard
0: Jet fan, and when you heard that they were releasing David Harris... I was pissed. You were pissed, but how did you? I mean, how did, were you disappointed that you didn't get a chance to see David Harris walk away from his team on his own accord? Or, uh,
1: I, I didn't like the way they handled it, and I view David Harris as a Ring of Honor jet.
0: Okay, so uh, the the New York Rangers yesterday bought out Dan Girardi, and Dan Girardi has been around the same amount of time as David Harris, All essentially right. maybe one year or longer. All right, Dan Girardi very rarely ever missed a game for the New York Rangers. Dan Girardi was one of the shot blocking phenoms that John Tortorella wanted to have in front of Henrik Lundqvist. And yesterday, they bought out his contract. I know it doesn't mean a lot to you, but for Ranger fans, it really is the signaling, uh, the start of the end of a real era of a, of a group of guys that stood up and gave us a lot of joy, a lot of frustration. But at the end of the day, a guy who was really uh, proud to wear his jersey, and I think for the most part, fans appreciated what he was for the Rangers. So well, they bought him out yesterday. Right. Which will basically take his salary cap number, cut it in half. Okay. And but spread it, it, right? And spread it over six years. So we had three years left at about a five and I guess five and change, five million and change, uh, you know, per year. So about fifteen million. So what they do is they they buy the contract out and they cut the contract in half and then they'll carry a cap charge for six years half what they would do this year. So it gives them a little short-term relief, right. but you do still have to carry some of that number on your cap. Now, the reason I bring that up is because, as you were disappointed as a Jet fan, you know, I heard this yesterday. I thought it was going to be a reality anyway, and it does come an end to a, what I thought was a really a terrific player, an undrafted player that ended up becoming one of the uh, the, the backbones and the foundation of the team. Now, I was reading in the paper today, and, and finally they wrote it. I, I brought it up to you two weeks ago. Yeah. What was the other thing that I told you that the Knicks could do with Carmelo Anthony if they you, wanted to? They could
1: waive him, and by waiving him, there's, uh, there's this little used uh, rule in the NBA. When you uh, when you waive a player who's under contract, he's got two years and like $56 million bucks to go you can actually do a very similar thing. They
0: call it a stretch clause. You can
1: stretch out the money over the course of uh, five years. So uh, he would cost you $10 million against your cap every year for the next five years, giving you cap relief to get players this year. Uh, the negative part of that is that years three, four, and five, while he's playing for someone else, if he's playing, uh, he's got $10 million against your cap. Well, you the, other thing, money.
0: The, other, the other thing, too, obviously, that the, for some reason the Knicks are worried about, and I'm not sure why, uh, you know, I guess they would not get anything in return for him compensation. Now we all think that he's worth something, right? But the problem is, is that if he moves to another team, his salary now escalates because, you know, David Stern and Adam Silver do such a crappy job for the players goes from what it is, what a 25 million to up to 30 million, right? Because that's the kicker. That's a part of a trade for a player like Carmelo, which is really, we'll get into uh, all of it. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,